Welcome to Radio Tambua, an outreach of ACFA, the Africa Center for Apologetics Research. ACFA equips God's people for the defense of the faith, biblical discernment, and cult evangelism. Let's begin today's message. As we wait out the pandemic, as we pray that the Lord would see us through these uncertain days in which we are living under the shadow of the COVID-19 lockdown, I thought that it was very important for us to discuss some important questions that relate to our Christian faith, especially the question on the Christian involvement in Christian apologetics. Over the last 10 years, I have been involved in this ministry of defending the Christian faith, especially in a context in Africa where cults and false religious groups continue to thrive. And I have been asked a number of questions by well-meaning Christians who come to me and ask, do you really think that the mandate for Christian apologetics is for every believer? Is every believer equipped? Is every believer mandated to be involved in practicing or in doing Christian apologetics? Are there some special people who are designated for this unique task and just not every believer? Maybe. Some have asked, if this really is true, that you and I are supposed to be involved in the ministry of Christian apologetics, why should we do it in the first place? What is it that necessitates you and I as believers in the Lord Jesus to do Christian apologetics? And some have gone further and asked, assuming this is our role and the mandate of every Christian, how should we do Christian apologetics? With these questions in mind, I would like to read for you some portion of Jude's letter so that we can begin to see what Jude, one of the faithful followers of the Lord Jesus, has to say about this subject, especially as he not only rallies believers to contend for the faith, but helps them to see the why and the how of good practice of Christian apologetics. In this very short letter of Jude, yet very power-packed by the way, Jude not only calls us to see the need to stand firm, to fight for the faith, but he tells us the why we should be doing so and the how best we can do it in a manner that honors the Lord. You may well remember from the introduction that Jude introduces himself as a relative of Jesus and brother James who at this time is the head of the church. Jude is a man who has had the time to see things from a distance, a man who probably did not even believe during the time of Jesus, but after the resurrection has been convinced and converted to become a faithful follower of Christ, and now he writes reminding believers of the need to do the same, following Christ faithfully. In this short letter, Jude will confront or expose the false teachers and their false teachings. He will remind believers of the kind of environment in which they live, an environment of falsehood and deception from those who seek to deny and distort the Christian faith. And in this letter, Jude will not only highlight the danger, but he will remind believers, no matter who they are, that they have a responsibility to stand firm for the faith, to confront error, to expose deception, and to live faithfully for Jesus. Let me read it for you. Jude says, Beloved, 
Although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain people have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were designated for this condemnation, ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only Master and Lord Jesus Christ. I have just read verses 3 and 4 as introduction to what Jude is telling us about the need for Christian involvement in Christian apologetics. And as we begin, I especially want you to take note of the key words that Jude uses in introducing this topic. Number one, he says, I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, but I found it necessary, not optional, not convenient, but that when it comes to the contending for the faith, Jude says, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith. That Jude thinks or believes that the need to contend for the faith is one of necessity rather than of convenience. And I want you to remember that he is writing to believers as he introduces them as the beloved of the Lord. He is writing to believers regardless of race or rank, regardless of background or experience or expertise. And what Jude basically reminds us is that the call to contend for the faith is for all believers no matter where they are in their Christian life. Number two, he reminds us that the need to contend for the faith is one that is important and urgent, one that is necessary, which is why he moves away from the subject he intended to write about, which is our common salvation, and which was good in and of itself, by the way, but to a subject that he feels needs to be addressed right now, immediately. And so he says, I found it necessary to write appealing to you that you may contend for the faith. So should believers be involved in Christian apologetics? Jude says, yes. Is it something they can do when they feel like? No. Jude says it is a necessity for believers. And that when they do this, contending for the faith, they must do it with eagerness. They must do it with earnestness. They must do it with due diligence. And what Jude basically is saying is that the contending of the faith for all believers is something that is clearly important, that is clearly urgent, and therefore must be given the priority that it deserves. But you may be saying, yeah, well, we understand what you have said. We are supposed to be involved in Christian apologetics. What we still don't get is why we really need to do this. So in these very two verses, verses 3 and 4, Jude goes further and establishes the rationale, not only for the importance of defending the Christian faith, but even more importantly for the urgency of doing so. And in these two verses, he brings out three things that are very key to understand. Number one, he reminds us that there is a faith that has been given to believers or to the saints once for all. 
And by this faith, Jude does not just mean mere mental assent to the claims of Christ. What he basically means is that there is a body of doctrine, a body of teachings that the New Testament apostles had formulated under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, and that these apostles had once for all delivered this body of doctrine to the saints. Once for all is a key word here, brothers and sisters. That this body of doctrine is handed down to the saints in a complete package that it cannot be added on, it cannot be subtracted on. We live in interesting times where false teachers not only tamper with the teaching of God's word, but will do so either by adding to the scriptures above and beyond what God has said, or by subtracting from Jesus as they deny and distort his true identity. They may multiply the requirements of salvation beyond the teaching that salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. They may divide the royalty of their followers by connecting them to the man of God or a prophet or an apostle instead of Jesus himself who is the mediator between God and men. And Jude says that this faith is complete. It does not need any addition or subtraction, multiplication or division. It has once for all been delivered to the saints, which is why he expresses concern in verse 4, that certain people whose condemnation was designated long ago, ungodly people in fact, have crept in unnoticed. And what is it that they do without being noticed? They seek to pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and to deny our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. So, if we say that one reason why Christians need to engage in Christian apologetics is because we have been given one faith that we are to stand firm in, Jude goes further and says that there is a problem that this faith is under attack, that this faith is under danger of being denied, of being distorted by people who have crept in unnoticed. And because of that, Jude calls believers to contend for the faith. So the three things that Jude basically points out are, number one, there is one faith. It has once for all been delivered to the saints. If anyone, for whatever reason, should seek to tamper with this faith, directly or indirectly, believers must take note of this person. Number two, that this faith has come under attack from false teachers and godly people who are perverting the grace of God and denying the Master and Lord Jesus Christ. And on the basis of these denials and distortions of the once for all given faith, Jude says, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith. So not only are believers supposed to engage in the ministry of Christian apologetics, the rational explanation and defense of our Christian faith, but they must do so with earnestness and urgency, knowing that our faith has come under attack. That false teachers, who in most cases do not look obvious, who in most cases come in stealthily that they may not easily be noticed, 
are denying and are distorting the fundamental teachings of the Christian faith and therefore believers need to be on the lookout. Believers need to rise up and stand firm for the faith that has once for all been delivered to the saints. Now, the third question that we seek to answer is, if believers are therefore mandated to practice Christian apologetics, and especially if they must do so in the wake of false teachers that are denying and distorting the teachings of the Christian faith, how best can believers do Christian apologetics in a way that will expose these false teachers, in a way that will confront spiritual error, and in a way that will contend for the faith honestly. How best can believers do this? And Jude, who probably has already anticipated questions like this, is quick to tell us a way in which believers can go about the defense of the faith today. Look at verses 17 all the way to verses 19 and hear what Jude is saying. Jude says, But dear friends, Remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you, In the last times there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. These are men who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts, and do not have the spirit. Jude reminds them again about the danger that lurks around them and within them as a congregation of saints, that false teachers and godly men are coming in to divide them, and they lack the spirit. But he goes much further and says that the appropriate response of a believer in the wake of this thread, first and foremost, is to remember what the apostles of the Lord Jesus foretold. That believers must go back to the scriptures, essentially, because that's where we find the teachings of the apostles. That believers are drawn to scripture, to the word of God, as the foundation for confronting error and the foundation for contending for the Christian faith. That they are to go into the scriptures. They are to remember what the apostles of the Lord Jesus foretold. And what is it that they foretold? They talked about the last days and warned believers to be on the lookout to stand guard in light of the false teachers and the false teaching that we are coming among them to seek to divide and destroy them. And indeed, when you go into the New Testament, you will realize that every book of the New Testament has warnings about the danger of false teachers and their teachings. In fact, every book of the New Testament, except the book of Philemon, has warnings about false teachers and their teachings. You will read, for instance, even from the words of Jesus himself, Matthew seven fifteen, Watch out for false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. On the outside, they look like sheep. On the inside, they actually are ravenous wolves seeking for whom to devour and to destroy. The Apostle Paul himself had several, several warnings in his letters to the believers about the danger of false teachers. You read, for instance, like 2 Corinthians 11, verses 3 and 4, where Paul warns about the Corinthian believers lacking discernment. 
that they believe easily another Jesus, they believe a different spirit, they believe a different gospel, and they receive false apostles who masquerade to be apostles of light. And Paul says, brothers, I'm afraid you are about to be deceived. And so basically what Jude is saying is that the starting point for Christians in the defense of the Christian faith is to go back to the word of God. Listen to the apostles. Remember their warnings. Remember their call to watch. Remember their call to beware of the subtle ways in which false teachers come our way. And having identified the danger, Jude in verses 21 gives them another advice. He says that build one another in the faith. Pray in the Holy Spirit and keep yourselves in the love of God and wait for eternal life in Christ Jesus. What is Jude saying? That not only are believers to go back to the word of God and remember the teachings of the apostles which ground them in the faith and grow them in grace, but that they are to keep building each other in the faith, grounding themselves in the teaching of scripture as they contend against the false teachings or the distortions. In other words, what Jude seems to be saying here is that for any successful defense of the Christian faith, truth of what Christianity truly teaches must be known and must be clear. For you to be able to identify a counterfeit and differentiate it from that which is authentic or original or true, you must know what the original or the real truth for that matter looks like. And Jude seems to be saying that, brothers, when as believers we build ourselves in the faith, in the word of God, in the teachings of Christianity, and we pray in the Holy Spirit, and we keep ourselves in the love of God, not only are we grounded in truth, but now we are in position to guard that very truth which we know. It begins by our own Christian discipleship and maturity before we can start discerning error and therefore defending the Christian faith against that error. So remember the teachings of the apostles, build yourselves up in the faith. And number three, he says, have mercy on those who doubt. That is verses 23. To paraphrase it, he calls believers to have mercy on those who doubt and to seek to snatch those out of the fire, those who are confused about the Christian faith, those who are not clear about what it is that they believe, those who are not sure that Christianity is the true faith that they need to be part of. He calls believers to be on a rescue mission, to be on a rescue mission for skeptics and agnostics, for people who either disbelieve for people who probably have obstacles in their way against the faith that they are not able to truly understand and appreciate it, Jude not only says build yourself in the faith, but he says reach out to those who doubt. Have mercy on them remembering that at one time you were lost in sin and ignorance just like they are. And now, saved by God's grace and mercy, extend the same to doubters, extend the same to questioners, extend the same to seekers, extend the same to those who misunderstand or misinterpret the Christian faith, that they may know for sure what the truth of the faith is, and therefore stand firm in it. Jude is saying, fight for the faith. 
Stand firm against error. Reach out to those who are victims of that error. Know the faith and therefore protect it. And then in conclusion, verses 24-25, he reminds them that as they seek to do this wonderful, unique task of the defense of the Christian faith, they need to remember that they are not alone, that they do it not in their personal strength and power or wisdom, but they do that because there is somebody who is able to keep them from falling. And so he ends with what I would call a benediction, Towards those who remain faithful to the faith. Towards those who firmly defend the faith. Towards those who truthfully stand in the faith. And he says, To him who is able to keep you from falling, and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God our Savior be glory, majesty, power, and authority. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. And so, brothers and sisters, as you go about the task of standing firm in the faith and defending it against false teachers and their teachings, may I remind you that you are not alone, that the Lord Jesus will faithfully keep you from falling, that the Lord Jesus will give you the much-needed wisdom and the ways in which you can gracefully yet truthfully communicate the gospel message in comparing ways. May the Lord not only put the burden on you to stand for the faith, but may he give you the ability and his anointing to enable you to faithfully and truthfully communicate the good news of the gospel in ways that are redemptive, in ways that are winsome, in ways that clear obstacles and provide the path to faith, the path to belief in Jesus and the Christian faith. May the Lord bless you. To learn more about the Africa Center for Apologetics Research, visit us at africanapologetics.org.